Today we're beginning a new series called Looking for Direction, and it's today we're focusing on a story in our relationships. Throughout the summer, we'll be hearing passages from the Bible and reflecting on what they teach us about how we might live. Uh, today we're learning about what our relationships might look like, and we're hearing about the story of Ruth and Naomi. I'm going to read you a passage from the beginning of the story of Ruth and Naomi, and uh, then I'll go back and kind of go over the whole story. This is a passage that is probably the most familiar within the book. Uh, it's sometimes used at weddings to tell the devotion of a husband and wife, even though the story in this case is a daughter-in-law and her mother-in-law. But Ruth said to her mother-in-law, Do not press me to leave you or to turn back from following you. Where you go, I will go. Where you lodge, I will lodge. Your people will be my people, and your God, my God. Where you die, I will die. There will I be buried. May the Lord do thus and so to me, and more as well, if even death parts me from you. When Naomi saw that she was determined to go with her, she said no more to her. This is the word of God for all of us. Thanks be to God. I ask you to pray with me. May the words that I say and the reflections that go through our minds give you pleasure, God, you who are our rock, you who save us. Amen. As I mentioned, we are beginning a series on relationships and specifically on how we turn to Scripture in the situations of our lives. And there's something very striking about preaching about the story of a Moabite woman and her Jewish mother-in-law uh, from a very long time ago in a week that we've been hearing uh, just nonstop about the tragedy in Orlando. I have struggled throughout this week about what the word might say to us and have been struck by the there's real word for us in our scriptures. So I want to reflect with you on the story of Ruth and Naomi, go through it with a little bit more detail and, and tell you the full story. Reflect on particular points that the story teaches us, and then reflect about how that might compare, or in this case, contrast with uh, the situation of the shooting in Orlando. But first, Ruth and Naomi. The book of Ruth tells us about a couple, a Jewish couple, Naomi and Elimelech, who live in Bethlehem. They have two sons, Malon and Chilion. And there's a famine in Bethlehem, and they are hungry. And they move to the land of Moab. Now, at that time, there was real enmity between the people of the area of Judah and the people of Moab. But at this point, uh, Elimelech, his family was hungry, and he didn't care, and he just needed to find a place for food. So they moved to Moab to get that food. While they were there, the two sons took Moabite wives. They married women from that community. Elimelech died. The two sons died and died without having children. And Naomi found herself terribly, terribly brokenhearted. She had lost her husband. She had lost both of her sons. And she was in a foreign land. She was desolate. What would she do? She decided it was time to go home. And so she kissed Orpah and Ruth, her two Moabite daughters-in-law, 
and just encourage them to go back to their homes to marry again and to continue their lives there in Moab. And Orpah heard Ruth's recommendation, or Naomi's recommendation and, and took her up on it. That's right, I'll stay here. And Orpah stayed there in Moab. But Ruth, the other daughter-in-law, she felt a special relationship with, with Naomi and she just wouldn't leave her. And so she offered those beautiful words that I read to you about wherever you go, I will go. Wherever you stay, I will stay there. When you die there, I will be buried there. And your God will be my God. Ruth has seen something in Naomi that she will not let go of. And so even though Naomi is a poor widow with nothing to offer her but herself, Ruth makes a decision to follow her. And Ruth leaves her homeland there in Moab and goes back to Bethlehem, goes to Bethlehem a place she's never seen, with her mother-in-law, with Naomi. This is an act of courage and an act of devotion by Ruth. When they get down to Bethlehem, they find a community living within the Jewish tradition, which includes care for immigrants and for orphans and for widows. And so when Ruth and Naomi settle there, Naomi tells her about the practice of gleaning. It was within Jewish tradition that when they harvested the fields, whatever didn't get picked up, they would leave there on the ground. And then people who might be hungry or more vulnerable could come up after them and glean from the fields, pick up those bits that didn't get picked up by the first harvesters. And so Ruth offers to go out and glean, pick up whatever is left in the fields, and bring the food back to her mother-in-law, Naomi. Ruth goes out and does it. And as you could imagine, this is hard work, and it's also, again, a little vulnerable. Ruth is a stranger. She's a Moabite. She's not from around there. And she's going out into fields where people could take advantage of her. Um, the other workers might abuse her. It's a vulnerable place for her to go, but she went and stayed close to the other workers and gathered a huge amount. When she ended up in the field of a man named Boaz, Boaz saw her, saw how hard she'd worked, offers her water uh, that had been gathered by the harvesters there, and says, stay close to my people. Boaz protects her. She goes home with this armful of food that she has harvested and some extra that was given by Boaz and tells Naomi about her day. Naomi hears about Boaz, how good he had been to her, and Naomi, oh, this is wonderful because Boaz is one of their relatives. There was a tradition under Jewish law that if a man died and hadn't had children, one of the other male relatives in the family might marry the widow and they would have a child together. That child would be considered as carrying on the name of the man who died. And when they returned to Bethlehem with Ruth, maybe Naomi was hoping that just that kind of thing would happen, that one of the men of her community would marry Ruth, and there would be a child, and that would redeem the memory of her husband and her son. So Ruth goes in alone at night, when Boaz has been up uh, at the end of the harvest, she goes into him and lies at his feet. When he wakes up, he's surprised to see a woman there, and he shelters her. He protects her. 
He ends up offering to buy land that Naomi owned and to marry Ruth. And he carries out this act of redemption that Naomi had hoped for. They marry. They have a baby boy. His name is Obed. Obed is the father of Jesse. Jesse is the father of David, who is our King David, the second of the kings of Israel. All of this possible because of this series of relationships leading up to that moment. Now, there's a whole lot of this story we don't know. We don't hear about why Ruth loves Naomi so much. We, the story, we don't hear that part of the story. But we assume that even though Ruth could have been prejudiced against Moabite women, she obviously didn't treat Ruth that way. She obviously was kind and compassionate and welcoming to her. Because if Naomi had been an abusive mother-in-law, as soon as the daughter-in-law got a chance to leave, she would have been out of there. Obviously, Naomi treated her very differently, with love and compassion and respect. With so much love and compassion that Ruth even left her own people to go and follow Naomi. I think about my own life, and I wonder if I live in such a way that people would look at me and say, I want your God. Your people will be my people. Because that's what Ruth does with Naomi. Ruth saw something in Naomi so special. She wanted Naomi's people to be her people, and she wanted Naomi's God to be her God. Do we lead lives that are that winsome, that appealing, that people say, I want what he has. I want what she has. Naomi did. We know she did because Ruth made that choice. But when they went to Bethlehem, they were still very vulnerable. They were two widows in a culture where there was an expectation of male protection. They didn't have husbands. There was no father to protect them. And they were vulnerable to hungry. They were vulnerable to exploitation. But that isn't what happened. The community of Bethlehem at the time was a just community. There was the teaching of gleaning and leaving that space. And clearly, the people of Bethlehem practiced that so that there was food for Ruth to gather. And there were good people who looked out for the vulnerable, people like Boaz, who saw Ruth's hard work for her mother-in-law, didn't know the story at that point, but saw how hard Ruth was working, saw that she was caring and dutiful, and he watched out for her. He protected her. He didn't have to do that. He chose to. And he chose to continue to follow the law, the teaching, and the Torah, and to marry Ruth and redeem her. And together, they had a child. We all know this story could have gone very differently. When Naomi and Elimelech moved to Moab, the Moabites could have kicked them out. We don't want any Jews here. I don't care about your famine. But that's not what the Moabites did. And when their sons married Moabite wives, Ruth, Naomi could have tormented them, been horrid to them. But she wasn't. She was good to them. When Naomi chose to move back to Bethlehem, the people of Bethlehem could have said, ugh, you're from Moab, forget it. But they didn't. They received them back. Ruth could have said, well, Naomi, these are your people, you figure it out. 
But instead, Ruth went and did the hard physical work of gleaning from sun up to sundown, working hard to care for the two of them. She had that level of devotion and dedication. And Boaz could have seen this young foreign woman gleaning and thought, here's my chance, and taken advantage of her. But he didn't. All sorts of people in this story did the right thing. And so we have a story of care and compassion and love. We have a story of upset expectations of Elimelech and Naomi who went to Moab expecting life. And although they got food, it ended up being a place of death, the death of Elimelech, the death of the two sons. When these two vulnerable women, both widows, returned to Bethlehem, Bethlehem turns out to be a place of life. By then, the famine is over. There is food. And the people follow the laws that protect widows, and the people welcome them. And Boaz is just. And things turn out very well for this family. And not only is it that very small but precious domestic story of how things turned out right for this family, it becomes a story for all of the human family as Obed is the father of Jesse, who is the father of David, who is King David, in whose lineage Jesus is. Jesus's line, his lineage, his heritage, goes through Ruth, the Moabite woman. Isn't that amazing? God works in incredible ways through people through whom we don't expect God to work, through people that we might have shunned but might instead welcome through a woman like Ruth. It's a beautiful story of people doing the right thing, even in very difficult circumstances of death and suffering. People respond with kindness and compassion. It has been striking to reflect upon the story of Ruth, of goodness and compassion and looking out for people, and then to be besieged by stories of the terrible shooting in Orlando of a story of someone who was not living by the values that are offered to us by Ruth, but instead was acting in ways of hatred and exclusion. We know that the shooter was Muslim. We know he went to a mosque. The other people in the mosque knew who he was, but talked about how he kept to the side. He was there, but he'd be kind of apart when he did his prayers. And after word of the shootings came out, representatives from the mosque were clear that this was not the teaching of their mosque. So although the shooter had been raised in a faith tradition of love, he wasn't taught hate in his mosque. Somehow he listened to other voices, the voices of hate. It is a tragedy that he didn't listen to the voices of his community that would have steered him away from an act of hatred. I also want to be clear with you that I'm using the term the shooter and not the man who did the shooting, not his name. Sometimes people do these terrible actions to be famous, to let their name be known, and I refuse to feed into that shame. So I will call him the shooter, which is an anonymous term, and will not spread the fame of the person who acted in hate. He went to a gay club, a place of joy and celebration, but also a place of vulnerability, a community that has experienced discrimination. And he went and killed 49 people and injured so many others, causing a terrible tragedy. 
He made decisions that were not the decisions of Naomi or of Ruth or of the people of Bethlehem or of the people uh, or of Boaz. He made decisions of hate. We don't know how long his association with ISIS was. Um, there isn't evidence he was with them for long or that ISIS directed the attacks. It's possible that was just a commitment right at the last minute to justify what he was doing. We, there's just so much we still don't know. But we do know that how he acted was not the way of goodness and justice that is modeled to us by Ruth. Brothers and sisters, we have a choice we can make every day in every relationship in which we find ourselves. We can be like Naomi, so loving that people want to follow us and be part of our people. So loving that when people see us, they say, I want what she has. I want her people and I want her God or his people and his God. We can make a choice. We can choose as many people in Orlando have chosen as they have had vigils and come together and spoken up for justice and cared for the gay and lesbian community who are understandably very frightened there. The way that this ripples fear and uh, fear of violence across our land. Many people in Orlando have stood up for good and for compassion. And I'm grateful for our own community, for the vigils that have been held in memory of those in Orlando. I'm grateful for a gathering last Wednesday night at the Lutheran Church of the Good Shepherd, organized by Eric Lemonholm at Lutheran Church of the Good Shepherd and by Rabbi Bina Wing. I also had a small part in it. We gathered together across faith traditions, and there were representatives from the Muslim Association of Greater Rockford there. When the clergy lit candles in memory of those who had been killed, we invited the PR director of the Muslim Association to come and light a candle. And at the end, he offered the benediction. We modeled what it is to work together and to stand for love. And that is our option every day of our lives, what kind of people we can choose to be. Relationships that last, that are good and kind and just, that watch out for the vulnerable. Relationships that are so winsome that people say, I want that. May we lead those lives and make that choice. Amen.